It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome back to the show. This is Ashley Frasca, host of Green and Growing, beginning hour number two on a Saturday morning. And I am happy to be joined by someone many of you know, Georgia native David Reagan, NASCAR driver, semi-retired, but uh, he's here on the show getting ready to race this weekend. Hey, David. Thanks for uh, for having me on. and I'm doing great. A lot of, uh, lot of big things coming up soon. Running in the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series in Darlington tomorrow. But, David, last August you announced your semi-retirement from NASCAR. How are things? I've raced full-time, really, since I was a teenager, and I was out of high school. And so I've had a great run. I've been very fortunate to have some fun on the racetrack and meet a lot of great people and fans. But, you know, I'm ready to stay home a little bit more, be a little bit more of a normal dad and and try to be a good husband, be a good father. And I I know my kids are going to grow up so fast. Uh, Everyone tells me that uh, you blink your eyes, and before you know it, they're off to college. So I'm starting to believe everyone and uh, and that and, and look forward to uh to spending some more time with them but but also staying involved in the racing world and, and just racing a part-time schedule so you can balance two of your passions you're a lucky man to be able to do that It'll be the best of both worlds perfect so your wife and your two daughters what kind of things does the reagan family like to do outdoors you know we we love being outdoors uh we have a few farm animals uh, at our house here in north carolina we have a couple of miniature donkeys uh, some goats and, uh, you know, chickens and ducks. And so I wouldn't say that we're a, a farm by any means, <laughs> but uh, our kids do love uh, being outside with the animals. Uh, we do have our own little garden at the house. Uh, we're very lucky that, that our, our both girls like and love vegetables. They, they love to, to grow different fruits and different things uh, in our garden. So, you know, we, we do have some fun. And uh, growing up in the South, that's just something that, you know, I've always been a part of. My, my family's done that, and, and now we'll carry on that tradition. So what is one of the toughest vegetable crops that you have trouble with in the garden or maybe just something you've given up and said, to heck with it, I'm not doing this again? You know, that that's a great question. Um, you know, probably uh, a watermelon, maybe Ooh. cantaloupe, some of the melon types. You know, uh, it's so easy to grow squash and zucchini and, and uh, tomatoes, stuff like that. But our, our watermelons, they just don't grow as as well and as big as as what you have at the store and so our kids are like you know well we don't want that little thing in the garden we want to go to the store and get a real nice big one so i uh i I get where they're coming from and then growing up in south georgia as you did take me back we're about the same age born in the early to mid 80s but take me back to some of your fondest childhood memories yeah you know i lived in a very rural community uh, down in in middle georgia in unadella georgia and so some of my best memories is just hopping on my bike and riding around town and we never really had a, a big garden or anything at our house but my grandparents did and so oh. uh, my father was involved in racing so I spent a lot of time with my grandparents at a young age and so I can remember you know all the different parts of the season you know going with my, my grandma or my, my granddad and picking uh, you know butter beans and different things like that from the garden and sitting on the couch and, and shelling snapper peas and things of, of that nature my mom would always like can stuff. So you know, that was something that, that I think that um, I took for granted a little bit as a young kid because when I've, I've gotten older and moved to a bigger city, uh, a lot of people don't know anything about that. So I, I try to make it a point to, you know, show my kids, hey, th- this is where your food comes from. And we go to the local farmer's market here in North Carolina and 
try to let them experience, you know, different things. So those are some really good memories I had growing up in a small town in the South. And that's going to be good memories for your daughter, too, that you're exposing them to that, especially the interaction with local farmers markets. I love that. That's so trendy now, but it's so fun and easy to do. And it makes you feel better supporting the local community, right, instead of going to the grocery store yeah. getting it. Yeah, and you, and you have that few minutes to, to make a conversation with whoever's selling the stuff. And, and I do think it's important for kids to realize that, you know, if it wasn't for farmers and, you know, people growing our, our vegetables and our fruits, that, that we wouldn't be able to, to eat like we do and certainly, you know, feed the, the animals and different things that we, uh, we count on to, uh, to supplement our diet. So, no, it, it's a good, uh, good thing, and, and it's, it's natural for us. And like you said, it's very trendy in some of the big, you know, go get some fresh produce, but that's something that, that we've always done uh, over the years. Tell me now that you've got a little more time, maybe coming up in the year or two, one yard chore that you just will not do. You refuse to do it. It's your least favorite. Man, I, I really <laughs> do not like to uh, rake leaves oh. uh, in the fall. When, whenever it's time to rake leaves, I feel like you go through the motions all day and there's always more leaves. You just never completely satisfied. You know, when you cut the grass or, you know, when you plant something, you can see that harvest and, and you can say, all right, it's a job well done. You know, we're finished. But I feel like there's just always that extra few leaves that you miss, and, and that drives me nuts. Absolutely. One more question for you before I let you go, David. So you've traveled the country with racing. You've been involved in this since a young age. What are some of the prettiest places in the United States that you've seen that you've just driven through and thought, this is incredible? We do get to race in a lot of neat areas around the country. And, uh, you know, the Pocono Mountains are really pretty. Uh, just, uh, you know, north of Allentown, Pennsylvania, that's where uh, the Pocono Raceway is at. And, uh, and it's so pretty in the summer months because everything's green. The, the flowers, the trees are blooming. It's low humidity. Uh, you've got real pretty mountains. I think that's, uh, you know, great hiking uh, parts of the Appalachian Trail run through that area. So that, that, that's a great area. And then, you know, the California redwood trees. When we're racing at uh, Sonoma, north of San Francisco, that was always a lot of fun. My wife and I would go out maybe a day or two early. And well, we weren't big fans of the traffic uh, San Francisco scene, <laughs> no. but we love to get out uh, north of that and, and go through the uh, the Muir Woods and parts of the redwood forest and, and see those huge trees that are you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of years old. That that was a very fun part of of being able to race, and and I'm glad I was able to experience things like that. Thanks to David Reagan, who is racing this weekend, tomorrow, the Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series at Darlington Raceway in South Carolina, and driving the Shriners Hospitals for Children race car. That's really exciting. Best of luck to you, David. Thanks so much for being on Green and Growing. 404-872-0750. Sally in Hushton, good morning. Oh, hello. <laughs> I had to find my phone. That's okay. Uh, okay, my problem is I have this beautiful uh, morning glory vine, mm-hmm. but no blue morning glories. Should I water it, not water it, fertilize it? It's taking over. It's just growing, growing. It's beautiful vine, but no flowers. And did you plant it purposely, or did it, you know, come from seed and sprout from somewhere else? I planted it. When? What time of year? Oh, it was probably in uh, May or June. And, you know, it it just came up real little, and I babied it along. 
And it's beautiful. It's just beautiful green, but I want the blue flowers. Of course, yeah. So we we like to plant morning glories and start thinking about those after the the chance of the last frost has occurred. So April, May, not a bad time to plant those. And you usually get blooms through about now, maybe a few more weeks into September. Um, But they haven't, have they even set buds? Have you seen buds at all and then they just don't open? I haven't seen anything like that. Hmm. And last year I had them in my backyard, and they were beautiful. Okay, tell me the sun difference there then, Sally. How much more sun does the backyard get than where they are now? Okay, well, where they are now, they get uh, uh, evening sun or afternoon sun. And in the back, they would get the uh, morning sun. That could be a little something. Um, They just, I mean, they require full sun, you know, dappled shade they'll tolerate, but they really love full sun. So I'm just wondering if maybe they just weren't getting enough sun throughout the summer. And I know they're getting sun. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the, you know, about noon on, they get a lot of sun and it's hot. Hmm. So I don't, and in the back, it was real kind of shaded. Oh, and they did better. They actually bloomed. That could just be a fluke. That could just have been a bad plant or a bad seed. I'm not sure why they wouldn't bloom. And the reason I asked if they were even putting on buds and then not opening was I wondered if something was uh, munching on them before they had a chance to open and show you the flowers. No? No. They're just beautiful beautiful green plants taking over. Yeah, well, Sally, so what I'll tell you to do is you go ahead and just hang on to some of those seeds, you know, if if you can get seeds from any part of the plant, maybe not since you don't have any flowers, but they're so quick to reseed. Folks sometimes get them where they don't want them because they reseed so easily and it'll come back. I, I would just chalk it up to a, a fluke and a funny loss for the year because, yeah, like you said, you babied them. They don't even really require that much fertilizer. Morning glories are so easy, and they actually tolerate really poor, dry soil from time to time. Of course, they prefer well-draining soil that that stays moist, almost like any other plant, but they'll tolerate a lot. So, Sally, I'm really sorry. I don't have a good answer for you. I know that's disappointing, but maybe you can preserve some seed or get some from someone else and try to plant maybe a month earlier next spring and give them a little bit more of a chance to establish, though May is typically not too late. Thanks for the call. We'll talk to Robert and Tucker coming up, the difference between a live oak and a pin oak. Not sure that I can answer that, but I'll give it my best shot. And Belinda and Smyrna, fire ants have taken over bell pepper plants and what to do. I've got some good advice for Belinda. 404-872-0750. We'll be right back on Green and Growing. I'm Ashley Frasca. You're listening to WSB. Thank you, Scott. So that means it's time to give you a weather update so you know how to plan your holiday weekend. Happy Labor Day weekend. You made it. It's going to be beautiful today, tomorrow, and I'll give you Monday as a bonus because many of you don't have to work. So much the same weather today, a high around 89 in metro Atlanta. Sunday and Monday, highs in the mid-80s, dropping just a tad bit. But a mix of sun and clouds, a little less humidity tomorrow than today. Really no chance for rain in the forecast, so that's good news for you to make your plans We want you to get out. We want you to be active in the landscape. So here you go. Green and Growing. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. 
All right, number one, get out there and clean up around fruit trees. That's crucial because weeds and debris act as hosts to overwintering insects, right? So rake up the debris, mulch well, keeping mulch below the tree's root flare where it starts to flare up out of the ground. Check around the base of fruit trees and look for gummy or jelly-like sap mixed with grass at the base of the trunk. That's an indicator that something's not right. Number two, you can plant peonies now, even use them transplanted from someone else. Put the crowns only about an inch and a half to two inches deep. Any deeper, then that's going to keep them from blooming. They like full sun, but morning sun is preferred to make peonies do really well. You get them in the ground now because they like those chill hours over the wintertime. Loose, well-drained soil is where they're going to do best. So really break up that red clay and add some soil amendments to that. And number three, clean out your hummingbird feeders and put out fresh water because they're stocking up on energy to head south right now. They leave the area between now and late October. They all kind of leave in different stages. The ruby-throated hummingbird, that's the most common here in the eastern United States. So green on the back, white on the front, little bit of red on his on his throat, on his chest, if you can see that. And uh, older birds actually arrive earlier to the southern locales than the other guys. And they're often in better condition. This was done, uh, some research in, at, at uh, Mississippi. I don't know if it was the University of Mississippi or Old Miss, but they uh, tracked some hummingbird migrations. So when you use your own ingredients to make nectar. That's what I recommend rather than buying store-bought nectar. It's so easy. You just need four parts water to one part sugar, okay? And then you don't even have to boil the water. Just get it hot enough to where you're going to be able to stir in sugar, four parts water, one part sugar, and no food coloring necessary. So many of the uh, feeders have red on them, So that's what attracts the hummingbirds. And if you've ever sat outside and watched them come and go, if you're outside wearing a red shirt, they'll often dive bomb you. That's the color they're really attracted to. And beautiful red flowers in the landscape as well. Purple. There's so many plants that they like outside. But we need to give them just an extra last feeding or two to make sure they've got enough energy to head south. Plus, you want to keep those bird baths full with clean water as well. But don't leave it setting around too much or too close to areas that you congregate in because of uh, drawing mosquitoes, right? They've just been terrible, terrible this summer. All right, well, coming up, as I've said, we have uh, Belinda and Smyrna. We'll talk to her about fire ants. Robert and Tucker, I'm still doing a little bit of research, the difference between a live oak and a pin oak. And I have someone on the staff who may be able to help me out a little bit with that. David and Marietta, how to get rid of subterranean termites. And David and Tucker, Xenias, how long they'll last. I've got some good news for David. So we want your calls. That's all we're going to do between 7.30 and 8.30 is take your calls here on Green and Growing, 404-872-0750. And check out Weed of the Week, the newest photo album on the Green and Growing Facebook page. I covered some doozies the last couple of weeks, but uh, Photos of weeds that will help you identify what you've got, if you've got them, and then how to control them in your landscape. We get a lot of of talk back and forth from gardeners who are just in agony over these weeds. And all the photos are taken in my lawn. I'm not really proud of that. But hey, I'm helping you out. I'm taking a sacrifice so that I can teach you guys a little something about weeds in the landscape. All right, coming up on 7.30, so we need to give Robin Walensky and Mike Shields a chance to uh, get in here and update you on the news, weather, and traffic. And y'all drive safe. It's a holiday weekend, man. Folks are in a hurry, and they're going wherever they're going. Please take your time and be safe this weekend. We'll be back on WSB.
Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Back on Green and Growing here on 95.5 WSB. Halfway through the show. Thanks for being here, Ashley Frasca. You hear me doing a triple team traffic Monday through Friday. And then I'm here on Saturday mornings. And this is just a lot of fun. This show's a lot of fun. And then you'll hear me tomorrow hosting the weekly checkup uh, for the second Sunday in a row. Uh, so, yeah, like I, I think I'm on like 14 consecutive days or whatever. But I love being here. I love my job. It's, it's a lot of fun. So tomorrow afternoon I'll be... Uh, filling in for Dr. Bruce Feinberg, hosting the weekly checkup. Who knows? I don't think we'll talk about gardening, but we'll be talking about something. But today we are. We're talking everything gardening and taking all of your great questions to 404-872-0750. Let's get right to it. Good morning, Belinda, calling from Smyrna. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? So it sounds like you're a little down. You've been a little annoyed by something recently, Yes. Well, yes, but I found a solution for it. That's what I was calling you for. Good. Okay. What you got? Okay. For the fire ants, I had a potted plant sitting in my garden, and when I picked it up, there was a bunch of fire ants under there. So mm. <clears throat> I gave them a chance to move, and they didn't move. The next time I went out there, I took a pot of boiling water, a soft handful of boiling water, picked up the pot again, and poured it on there, and they left. I love it. So did you listen to the show last weekend when Walter and I talked about ants? I tried to get on, but I, I couldn't I couldn't listen all the way. So that's perfect because last that was our topic last Saturday. Walter and I talking about ants, and that is exactly what he recommends. And I'm glad you did it, and I'm glad it worked because we had someone who had written in that was looking for an organic way to um, – to treat fire ants. So boiling water, it, it works for some and for some it doesn't, I understand. But what time of day did you do it? Do you remember? Probably in the middle of the day. Okay. Okay. Cause something else I've heard just with their patterns and their movements and things, it's all about moving the queen in and around the mound, maybe morning nine to 11, nine to noon is the most effective time to do it when you're going to get most of them there. If you wait till four or five o'clock in the afternoon, they're at a different part in the ground and it's not going to be effective. And we all know we've heard, you know, fire ant remedies that just don't work. And even Walter said grits. Nope, not so much. Orange peels, <laughs> club soda. You know you still have those people or you've got that neighbor who uses uh, diesel fuel or gasoline. Oh, my gosh, don't do that. Don't do that. So what um, they you said they were kind of collecting around a, a pot. Was Were bell peppers in the pot? Is that right? No, bell peppers were next to it. They weren't messing with them. But something else was eating the bell peppers up, and I don't know if it was a slug or anything like that. So I put some uh, crushed eggshells down there, and it didn't seem like it was working good enough. Then I made up the solution, <clears throat> excuse me, of um, put water in a spray bottle, uh-huh. and then put in some hot pepper sauce. Ooh, yeah. Until it turns orange, shake it up real good, spray it on there. And every time I went out to the garden, I sprayed it, sprayed it, sprayed it, and then the peppers start coming back, and the leaves were not eaten up. The newer leaves were not eaten up. And not, you didn't have any um, effect on the leaves from spraying that directly on there, like the leaves weren't burning or curling or anything like that? I sprayed it on the top and the bottom three Great. times a day. Oh, Belinda, wonderful. Good advice from Belinda. So, folks, take heed of that. Fire ants, one of the easiest things to do, control with boiling water. It's cheap. When you're talking about anything around vegetables and, and gardens, you don't want to use something like an Amdro bait 
or ortho, but out in the lawns, those the products like that work work great. They're proven to be f- effective. But Belinda, thank you so much for both of those pieces of advice. Call back anytime. Thank you. Oh, have a good Saturday morning. I love it. I love it when we share what works and what doesn't. 404-872-0750. Good morning in Tucker. Hey, Robert, welcome to the show. Good morning, Miss Saska. How are you? Oh, just fine. Better now that I've heard from you. What's going on? Well, I'm going to let you know, I was your very first ever caller. You know, I kind of remember that. I do kind of remember that. And you could probably hear my voice shaking back then. And you, we had a really Uh, good conversation. Mine mine shakes and uh, yours are very calm and collective (laughs) as usual. Well, thank Uh, you. It's really good to have you back on. Reagan, uh, Reagan uh, can drive a race car. I like to see him in sports cars like IMSA. Yeah. And I... this goes to Nicole from last week. Uh, black uh, king snakes are black with yellow bands. Okay. And those okay. are the good kind, right? We like those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then you have the scarlet king snake, which is the most beautiful snake in America. Oh. And they get killed all the time confused with a coral snake oh so do some research on that but they are the good guys and and another one that by the way there's a law against you cannot kill a solid black snake in the state of georgia they're protected which kind so they just a solid uh, you know old black snake oh okay and because they're protected and they also eat poisonous snakes yeah we like that we like that part we liked it, and and then our good old possum. I used to be the possum man because I love possums. <laughs> you uh, and Walter both. Oh my goodness! <laughs> possums are immune to uh, pit vipers, oh. uh, to their poison, and they will they eat snakes also. They kill the small snakes Ew. also. Now back to my back to my question okay. between uh, the difference between a live oak and a pin oak. Walter and I, I always would call in to Walter and I would say, Walter, I've got the northernest, is that a good word, northernest? Yeah, or northern, northernmost northern, live oak. Yeah, I got the <laughs> northernest live oak tree in my, that's ever been. And in, he, Walter said, they don't they don't grow up here. And I it's said, well, in Tucker? Yeah. I'll be done. And, and guess what? Huh. He was right because there's another species called a pin oak. That looks extremely like a live oak. Now, how did how did you have that properly identified? Because I got a street next to me called Pin Oak Drive. Oh, I'll be, I'll be. So the builder knew a little something and, and, when but, he was but, naming the road. But a, a great tree. It's a great tree. Uh, P I N oak. Mm-hmm. And people need to look at that tree to put in their yard because it looks almost identical to a live oak. A live Unless oak. We, I think of that. That gnarly, twisted, old South, you know, that's why you and Walter had those discussions, because it does so much better in the southern parts of the state. And Jason Byers, my producer, too, we talked about this last weekend uh, off the air. And Robert, you brought up the conversation again. Jason, man, you've been working a lawn and garden show almost as long as me. So tell me what you know to be the difference between these two oaks. Um, From what I understand, the pin oak is more of an upright standard shaped oak whereas the live oak are gnarled twisted like what you would expect to see in savannah with the spanish moss hanging from them and all that 
Um, and there's also a small cluster in um, Stone Mountain Park of live oak. Oh, wow. Okay. And then so, and then what did you tell me about the, uh, like the pin oak leaves maybe being a little different too? Yeah, they're the longer, a little more narrow leaf uh, shape than a... Um, than like your standard oak wide oak leaves they're longer and a little more narrow than a uh, live oak or another oak yeah because we think about like your standard oak leaf almost as like small short fingers you know coming out from the leaves so a pin oak is maybe more elongated right elongated and um, there are varieties that it's just a single leaf uh, and it doesn't look much like an oak leaf at all wow Jason thanks for weighing in on that and Robert have you found that to be the case too upon Further reflection well, of the, the leaves. The live oak, I think they're identified because they like have three different actual shapes of the leaves, uh-huh. and the pin oak actually has the same three different. That's what bothered me because I I was always thinking that, that the the leaf uh, is what you would classify them are, but I think uh, uh, your your associate was exactly right because this is a straight up tree. But it's a beautiful tree, and I think people need to look at that tree to plant. Good. Okay, so we'll recommend pin oaks, and they'll do much better here in in North Georgia and Metro Atlanta than a live oak. But when you go south, just know that you can enjoy the live oak there in northern Florida. Well, I think Walter was right. I don't think there are many live oaks uh, north of, uh, say, Decatur. But I think there are a lot of there are a lot of pin oaks. It's funny you and say Decatur because he had someone write in years ago who claimed to have a live oak in Decatur, and I think that has uh, been proven true. So that may be as far north as we've got one grown successfully. I I, I would bet that that he had a pin oak. Well, oh, it's and no. I just found he, that the Agnes Scott College Arboretum in Decatur, home to a live oak. So. Eh. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's It's interesting, but I'll tell you, you talk about a nice tree. Uh, when you, people are considering a tree for their yard, consider a pin oak. I don't know where you can find one, but they're very, very nice tree. I am so glad. And how old would you say yours is, or you don't even know? Uh, oh, yes, it's about uh, 50 years old. Okay, awesome. Well, Robert, always good to hear from you. I'm glad you called in and and. and you and Jason set me a little straight because I needed that, uh, you know, the difference. There's so many varieties of oaks. I mean, right off the top of my head, I think I could name 12 here that grow <laughs> in Georgia very, very well. So I'm glad we uh, glad we got to the bottom of that. And call more often. If the last time I heard from you was February, you need to chime in a little more often. Thanks, Robert. 404-872-0750. Up next, it's David and Tucker. Hey, David, good morning. Uh, good morning. Um I can sympathize with the lady who called in on the morning boys because mine didn't even sprout this year. I can't believe that. I wonder what happened. And it's the same spot you've always had them in? Uh, well, no, I haven't. I've moved them around a little bit. But uh, it's the same gift that I had last year when my four o'clocks didn't sprout. Yeah. I, you know, some years are just like that. I don't really know. So at least, yeah, at least you had them vine out. She just didn't have any blooms. No, I had nothing. Oh, and you didn't have anything. Well, there's always next year. That's the one thing about gardeners. We persist, and we're just going to try it again. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, my my question on zinnias, I, I had zinnias in my flower garden as a kid, and I tried them this year in flower pots. Uh, I planted them pretty late, June 20th, and uh, they started blooming, uh, I guess now it's several weeks ago. Mm-hmm. 
And I had the giant cut and come again was the title on the package and also the the Lilliputs. And they've still got the original blossoms on like 95% of the plants. Wow. And I wondered how long are these guys going to hang in there? Because I thought if you, you know, deadheaded them, you'd start getting more blossoms. But I've got the originals on virtually every plant. Zinnias, that's one thing that I never really had to deadhead because, like you, the the flower just stayed on there for a longer period of time. And I have really good success with uh, seeds, starting the seed back in, like, April and letting them come from seed. I, I see a lot of people, though, whose plant, when they just buy zinnias as plants, they go crazy. And, of course, here, folks, we're talking about something that kind of has daisy petals from a distance, but you get closer in. They're all different colors. There's layers of petals on each of these flower heads. Zinnias are beautiful. So, David, I really think you're going to be able to enjoy those almost for another month or so. Um, it's it's going to be a little slow to really have a cool off here coming into fall, and it may even be a mild winter. So you'll be able to enjoy those for longer. And just know when the flower heads start to dry up a little bit, cut those flower heads off and pull those petals out and you'll find the seeds. And I love keeping Xenia seeds. So you let them dry out really good. I just kept them in an envelope. Once they were dried on the counter, I put them in an envelope and clipped them onto the side of the fridge, of course, labeled the envelope so I'd know what seeds I had, but uh, planted them in planter boxes the next spring and they did really, really well. So good news there, David. I'm glad you're enjoying that. Sorry about the morning glories, man. Some some years I, I just don't understand why we put so much work into things and they just don't work out the way they should. All right, well, we'll talk to Randy and Griffin, David and Marietta Brian and Stone Mountain's going to educate us a little more on oaks. I love that. Always willing to hear some more from you and your calls as well. 404-872-0750. Hey, this is Green and Growing. I'm glad you're here on a holiday weekend. Ashley Frasca will be right back on WSB. Step one, get yourself an opossum. Step two, go a little insane. Step three, put your opossum in water. Step four, snort some more cocaine at this point you might want so to make the whole sure reason we have a possum song here is because robert called about possums he and walter reeves shared that passion for those pesky little critters so there is a possum song for you the weather update brought to you by finley roofing today a high around 90 it'll start to cool off ever so slightly the rest of the week maybe highs reaching the mid 80s and tomorrow on monday you have a mix of sun and clouds and a little less humid so you're going to have good weather for your labor day weekend and by the way happy labor day weekend i hope you're enjoying some much needed time off with the family you know the history of labor day If you don't, you're getting ready to find out. Sorry. 1894 is when Congress made it a legal holiday, and it's dedicated to the social and economic achievements of you, of workers that keep this economy going. And even if you're out of work right now, that doesn't last forever. There will be something. It may not be what you've got experience in, but there will be a job out there for you. And of course, in 1894, the late 1800s is the height of the Industrial Revolution. So celebrating the factory workers back then, we had child labor, but everybody putting in 12, 14-hour days. So Labor Day, this is for you, the folks that work hard. Green Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. I don't want you to work too hard this weekend because you get to relax, but here's three fun and easy things to do in the landscape. I like these three. I really do. Plant peonies now because you know you saw your neighbors, the beautiful blooms, 
and you want some. So that's fine. You can share them with others. Make sure the crowns are only buried about an inch and a half or two inches below the ground level. Any deeper, it's going to keep the plant from blooming. I think that's the problem with mine. So I'm going to move it. I'm going to move it around here in a week or two. And they like full sun. Peonies do really well in full sun, but more morning sun, like that early early part of the day sun, and just loose, well-drained soil. Varieties that do really well here, Festiva Maxima, Kansas, Miss America, if you're looking to buy some new peonies from Pike Nursery, those are some varieties you could look for. Also, Blaze, those do well. Uh, Number two, clean out your hummingbird feeders and put out fresh water now because they need to stock up all that energy to head south. They could leave the area anywhere between now and late October. And so to make your own nectar, to make your own hummingbird food, Four parts water to one part sugar. Don't use that red food coloring. You don't even have to do it. You don't even have to boil the water. Just get it hot enough to melt the sugar. And number three, clean up around your fruit trees now. That's crucial because the weeds and the debris that have fallen around them act as hosts to overwintering insects. And rake up the debris, mulch well under all of those trees. Now is a good time to do that. But keep the mulch below the tree's root flare, not too close up against the trunk. That goes with any tree and just check around the base for anything gummy or jelly-like sap that's not going to be a good thing back with more of your calls on green and growing i'm glad you're here one more hour to go on wsb you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte after getting a chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to 200 dollars with spot me no minimum balance requirements and no monthly fees Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. That's chime.com slash goals 24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.